This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app.
Well, good evening. That was the average white band and pick up the pieces. Uh, we are totally wired on Fresh FM, and it's September the twelfth, a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Good evening, Jack. Good evening. S- from Scotland, average white band. Yeah. What did you say the other day? Um, they're probably the only funk band in Scotland. You say the only people in in Scotland who wanted to play funk music, yeah. and they got together. Yeah, well, it's quite possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, so we're in 1975 this week. If you haven't heard us before, we 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 go back in time and hang around a certain year. Uh, what have you got for us tonight? What illumination do you have? Um, uh, I don't have. Uh, <laughs> I don't know well, anything. I could <laughs> go into the political events of this uh, year. I mean, the Vietnam War ends in 1975. Right. Okay. And then stuff like um, was, uh, it, was it a big political year? I remember 1975 as being quite a dour, uh, depressing year in certainly in England. Yes. With like economic disaster and yeah. It was strikes three day weeks it was like a horrible really quite, quite a depressing time I, I have something um, so this was actually w- at the peak of this um, rather intense war that was happening in uh, the world um, for you know the United Kingdom and it was called well what was it called you'd know it what, what was the war called yes were we at war were we yes the United Kingdom was at war was it yes I didn't notice really I was I was only 10 year, 11 years old I was probably just like playing with Lego or something it was the Cod War oh yes I remember the Cod yeah. okay, of course the Cod War the fish yes. the fish war with Iceland yes Britain and Iceland actually were technically at war um, over fishing rights yeah yeah and um, th- there was like no um, actual military confront, con- um, confrontation but there was uh, sort of aggression it's quite good there wasn't, there wasn't any any lives lost isn't it uh, actually there was one um, Icelandic engineer who um, <coughs> accidentally died in an accident right but he, he might have died anyway uh, he? he didn't die because of the war uh, I think he died some some health complications uh, um, right when a British ship um, rammed an Icelandic ship right and yeah you have to understand that um, I'm just saying I was glad there wasn't any kind of guns drawn and you know mm. missiles fired yeah stuff. no missiles fired no guns Bomb, bombs dropped but there was ramming of boats um, Iceland rammed British fishing boats and then used ropes to cut British fishing lines right um, in a state of uh, I guess what you could call this was a militarised interstate dispute a militarised interstate dispute yeah rather than a war uh, but that doesn't you know <laughs> what's the difference uh, yeah there was no declaration of well, war was there no there wasn't no and then um, it escalated to the point where Iceland threatened to withdraw from NATO. Wow, that, yeah. would, that would have been upsetting, wouldn't it? Uh, yes, and that's a big deal would because it, it? Iceland, um, Icelandic waters and Icelandic um, military bases um, allowed the United States to monitor uh, the seas around Iceland and prevent uh, the Soviet Union right coming in around the, the Cold top, War. around the top, yeah, around the top, go through yeah. Um, yeah the yeah. Arctic Ocean and then. Ah. Um, Use submarines to infiltrate yes. to to you know explore the Atlantic Ocean and monitor. Um, yeah, yeah. So having a um, having military military bases in Iceland was very important for America. Yeah. So they pressured um, you know United Kingdom to back down and let them fish. Uh, Iceland actually won every single dispute in the Cold War. Yes. And um, but it had um, bad consequences for the British fishing industry. Where thousands of thousands of people lost their jobs it in is. cities like Hull and Grimsby mm, and mm. Uh, Fleetwood. Yeah, yeah, and it's still going on a little bit now, isn't it? I mean, you know, if we go forward to twenty twenty, you know, yeah. and, and the EU stuff, there was lots of stuff about fishing then, wasn't yes. there? You know, like yeah, there where, was. A, where's the lines going to be drawn? That was know? a big uh, topic. Yeah. Uh, during uh, 
the, Bre- the Brexit thing. Yeah, the United yeah. Kingdom withdrawal from the European Union. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Fact is, we fish too much, don't we? The uh, seas are overfished, Jack. Or that I'm just going to stop there because that's a fact. Depends. It depends upon wh- which p- part of the ocean, I guess. Uh, all of it. Really? I think. Anyway. Okay. I'll stop there. I'll, I'll just get too preachy on everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the Isley Brothers and fight the power. Take them away I could take to it easy 
as the Isley Brothers and uh, fight the power. Uh, so I'm not going to preach anymore, Jack. I'll just say that. Preaching's over. But talking of fish, there's a good film came out this year, 1975. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's called Jaws. Yeah. Uh, it released in June and uh, during the summer of 1975. Mm. And um, it only had a budget of $9 million, yet it grossed $472 million right. at the box office, yeah. uh, which is quite incredible. It was a film directed by Steven Spielberg and is said to be the ver- the f- one of the very first blockbuster films. Although, I did some research into this and I found that blockbuster is a term that was originally used in World War II to describe bombing bombings in uh, Europe and uh, I think Japan too, um, where they describe blockbuster bombs being dropped upon mm-hmm. uh, European cities and um, the reason why they were called blockbusters is because they destroyed entire city blocks. Okay. But... Um, after the World War Two, and eventually after entertainment started using the word blockbuster to describe the success of several films like Gone with the Wind and Bridge on the River Kwai, the term eventually became divorced from its original military meaning and then uh, started to be associated with entertainment. Right. And uh, 1975 would have one of the first blockbuster films, Jaws, and that's the uh, term for uh, a blockbuster film. Okay. Yeah. So one that it did very well at the box office and everyone went to see it probably. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh oh boy, everyone saw it. Uh, well they didn't really because it was it was rated I think like an eighteen or something. Oh. So right. actually you had to be over eighteen to see it. Ah, okay. I think. I'm pretty sure. I could I could be wrong. And now yeah, it's like a fifteen. So, so you didn't see it? I didn't see it at the cinema, no, I wasn't I wasn't old enough. Oh. Yeah. My I think my sister snuck in to see it and <laughs> then she wouldn't go swimming ever ever since the, you know like for like 10 years even in a swimming pool seriously, even in a swimming pool really 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 affected her people, oh, wow. people laugh about that now when I tell them because you watch George you think well that's like I must have well, watched George, we, we've George been with desensitised to violence yeah, I mean you know your yeah. brother Charlie must have watched George when he was about George when he was about 10 or something and probably didn't think anything of it because oh. it's not because it's kind of tense and a bit a bit scary but it's not oh. really frightening but my, not compared to my sister wouldn't go in the water honestly I can, I can see, see. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there wasn't much. Um, the, I mean, the shark wasn't very prominent in the public consciousness. I think uh, before Jaws Pro- came probably, back, came probably out. not. No, but this no. sort of cemented yes. the idea of the shark yes. in people's minds. Yeah, and um, this was quite powerful for um, how people could um, uh, think of sharks. Uh, there were more shark sightings after the release of Jaws. Yeah. And, oh, was uh, there? Yes, there was. So people saw m- when they were out swimming in the, the ocean, there were yeah. more. They, they saw, they they saw, saw more, more sharks. sharks. Apparently, isn't that fascinating? Or maybe they did see sharks. Um, then beach attendance fell in that summer, and they attributed that to Jaws. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, and then even the maker of the the writer of the original book that inspired the film said he regretted uh, making writing his book because he wasn't actually well informed about sharks and how they were important for the ocean's ecosystem. They are very, oh, very much so. Yeah. yeah, we shouldn't kill sharks. Uh, but I mean, well, you have to co- also consider that Spielberg, when talking about Jaws, he said, "I wanted the shark to win." Right. Okay. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. And the reason why he said it is because he found that not many of the characters in the book are sympathetic, and he didn't really like them that much. Okay. He liked the shark more. <laughs> right. Which is, um, I think, I think that's quite an interesting thing that happens in some in some. Uh, you know, films, video games, and TV shows where you actually root for the monster because you don't like any of the characters. Yeah, and that's one of it's it's either a failure of the writer, or it's 
this or to, you know it's a trope of horror films or a trope of slashers where everyone is so awful that you just <laughs> you, want, you want them all to be killed uh, unfortunately some people might yeah, yeah get to that point yeah yeah or, I think yeah. Jaws he made the, he made the police captain sympathetic you know every, mm. I mean you liked him but the the you know the Quigley the the drunken sailor guy wasn't very nice mm, yeah um, but yeah yeah it's a good it's a very good movie you know even even I've even watched I've even watched it recently and I thought that's just such a good film you know mm-hmm. um, yeah all right thank you Jack uh, this is Shaggy Otis. <laughs> Shuggy Otis and Ice Cold Daydream from the album Inspiration Information, 1975. Uh, if you just joined us, it's uh, Totally Wild on Fresh FM. We're in 1975, and it, we've got a kind of a bit, a, obviously a funk theme this evening, haven't we? Yeah. You know, I mean, we'll, next week we'll do some rock stuff, but this it's really kind of just um, just the, the good stuff this week. Mm. So know, yeah, next week we'll go back to boring dinosaur rock kind of stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The sort of stuff that your you know father would tell you about. <laughs> how it's you know the best. My Very dad, my my dad was into jazz, you know. Oh, so okay. I mean, he didn't ever listen to rock music, I think. I see. Yeah, yeah. Which is um, fun. Yeah, people often, you know, focus hyper focus on like the sixties. I feel, and then for some reason, the people who grew up in the seventies never, I never, you never really hear them talk about how good the bands of the seventies were. Or you know, people who became uh, mature in the seventies. You mean? Uh, like people are born in the 60s but yeah. you know like 1960 the, the, peop- the 60s generation I feel like really really emphasised how 
important than right. their music was. Yes. Um, but that also was when modern popular music was born in that yeah. generation. Yeah. So I think that was more significant, I guess. I think pe- people who became perhaps musically aware at the end of the 70s probably might cry about it a bit you know, because of punk rock and new wave and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. During the 70s, maybe not. You're right. Hmm. I mean, it's good, good stuff there, but it's, I think I, yeah, you I can't, actually you can't do say I really like the Carpenters and Abba. I, I actually you know? do prefer the um, music of the early and mid seventies to a lot of the stuff in the sixties, eighties. Um, but um, that's just me. Yeah, yeah, hmm. right. Uh, I don't, I can't really explain why I prefer that music, but well, you like funky music, don't you? Yeah, I really love funky music, and I think funky music probably emerged in the early seventies. Yeah, and it came out of. Um, lot of the artists who used to make soul music and yeah. town records yeah. and then they transferred to either disco or funk yeah and i think disco was the more profitable one yeah and, and disco, disco had a kind of glittery glam that was a bit throwaway mm. and well, didn't, didn't last very long disco but i mean funk also had the uh sort of psychedelic element to it yeah yeah that, it did um was not easily marketable yeah, yeah. and a bit weird to most people yes. even today today but i like uh, that part of funk music yeah yeah you'd like to have been in the 70s would you like the fashions were terrible jack you had big you know big flares lots of colors and i like like you'd wear like a yellow shirt with red trousers and stuff and and sometimes the shoes had like platforms you know like you know like high yeah, heels yeah. for women uh-huh. you know, the, the men's shoes had big big platforms on them and they might be silver or something. I mean, if you were really getting into it, that would be like a kind of... It was really quite I a mean, bad, a bad, bad look. Maybe, but I'm fine with being born today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You don't fancy the platforms? Oh, no, not, not at all. Not, and, not and, and you can wear like a... Oh, there are terrible fashions shirt, today. Um, a shirt with big collars. There's terrible undone. fashions away uh, today too as well. Yeah, I'm sure there are. I mean, high fashion is a mess now. Is it? Yeah. How would you know? I've seen stuff it. that um, people wear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen f- high fashion in um, you know the 2020s and the 2010s. And it's, it, terrible, it's awful, is it? And it's because you know stylish, well-made stuff is now yeah. um, far cheaper now. Yes. So then, high fashion has to make all of this obs- obscure stuff that nobody right. wears, yes. just to be different. Yeah. Yeah. If only only everyone looked as good as us, Jack. It was, you know. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you. <laughs> this is uh, this is Earth, Wind, and Fire for anyone who uh, likes the TV program Seinfeld.
What your life can truly be Shining star for you to see What your life can truly be Fresh
That was KC and the Sunshine Band and uh, Get Down Tonight preceded by, uh, what was that, A Shining Star by Earth, Wind and Fire. Uh-huh. Uh, if, if you're worried about the, wondering about the Seinfeld reference, it's uh, an episode where Elaine does a good dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so uh, the problem I had with disco is it was very adult. Not adult, I mean, it was a grown-up thing. So okay. you, you couldn't, I mean, you, you, could, you could be a, like a 15-year-old, 14-year-old person and still listen to like prog rock or you know Led Zeppelin and stuff but actually yes. to enjoy disco you had to go to a nightclub and actually you know dress up and pay money to get in and actually actually have 18 to do it yeah okay. so it was kind of like a quite uh, at least in the mid 70s yeah I it, think was, it wasn't um, it wasn't for kids but as time went on didn't uh, discos become more um, inclusive for younger teenage for, for teenagers not, re- uh, not really you'd have organised discos like school discos oh, school in discos. church halls and stuff okay. which, which wasn't quite disco because right. disco had glamour yeah. you know with yeah. a, a spinning ball and lights and oh yeah we had you know, school discos you know cocktails that um, kind of thing it was at like, school yeah yeah not quite the same as a not nightclub quite the same, no. anyway so that that was that was the issue for disco for me anyway but yeah. I, I always thought I always thought this disco thing was as, as well as a kind of the glamour of the 70s but was a kind of real reaction to the, the austerity of the 70s the, the poverty and the the, the rubbish on the streets, the th- you know the lack of electricity and <clears throat> you know the unemployment and the inflation. And I see. It was kind of quite a depressing sort of time. So, almost felt like people were just like, well, let's just f- go and have some fun, you know. Let's get dressed up and have a a good it's time. It's like a complete opposite of the post World War Two years yes. in America, where they won this, you know, amazing, you know, um, cataclysmic war. Yeah. And then they produced f- film noir. Uh-huh. for you know good five or ten years right and all these you know quite depressing dark sort of films but i guess you know the late 40s wasn't exactly a the happiest of times either because still um, quite austere there wasn't much money around in that kind yeah, of thing yeah yeah there was still some economic hardship well, um but yes yeah, and we had the red menace as well mm, yeah anyway uh so the mid-70s yeah uh this austerity convinces the Conservative Party of the United Kingdom to reconsider their, their approach to politics. And they, on February the 11th, they elect Margaret Thatcher to become leader of the opposition. Mm. And um, she's been in Parliament, actually, since 1959. So she's a veteran of pol- um, British politics. Yeah. And um, she takes over from former Prime Minister Edward Heath. So yeah. Edward, Heath, Edward Heath lost the, lost the election uh, of 19, I think, 73... I'm not I yes. can't quite remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, she then so, so Labour's in power throughout this period. Yes, yeah, and she becomes the first woman um, to become head of a major party in the United Kingdom. And to this day, Labour still have not had a woman at the head of their party, while the Conservatives uh, have had uh, two. They have, yeah, yeah. Which is um, have they? Yes, they have. Um, Ma- uh, you have Margaret Thatcher, and oh, you yes, have Theresa yes, Williams. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just a quite a funny sort of footnote of history because. The um, conservative party, usu- conservative conservative parties, shouldn't be um, the ones that are the first to make sort of progress because they're generally more cautious and they they work more in realistic sort of terms. Yeah. But they yeah. put a you know Margaret Thatcher in charge mm, mm. way back in the seventies. Yes. And then Labour for some reason haven't done so. No. No. Despite she- you know being more vocal about. <coughs> Um, women and their sort of, I guess, hardships and in society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
she was the son of a, uh, the daughter of a grocer, wasn't she? She was like a, like a, her dad had a grocer's shop. Wait, really? She, she was very, very, very ordinary. In in uh, yeah, oh. that was that was always what she said. She was kind of wor- almost working class. Not uh, quite. I mean, you know. I thought she was from the upper class. No, 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 no. She grew up, she grew up in a grocer's in Grantham in Leicestershire. Grantham in Leicestershire. Yeah. I only, I really know uh-huh. I know a, a lot of a lot about that because my my grandfather was from Grantham and he was a, a socialist and he could not bear the fact that this woman <laughs> oh. was from the same sort of town and, as him and you know it, it was just it was honestly it just just oh, got, yes. got him down so much he used to talk about it all the time to the point of everyone saying oh just oh please you know oh I see it was like a real real bad thing for him yes yeah I guess if you're a socialist you know Margaret Thatcher coming from the same town as you is like the worst thing yeah, yeah, you yeah. could ever have yeah. for your own personal she had, she had a reasonably reasonably ordinary upbringing I'm not sure if it was com- quite ordinary because to become a member of parliament you probably can't have a you know a, a very very poor upbringing you probably could but it'd be uh, a bit of a struggle you'd probably have at least an up- upbringing where you get the opportunities yes, needed to yes. be able to get to parliament right, so exactly yeah i guess yeah. when it comes to yeah. meritocracy yes. you see it at, yeah. at, at play there most people don't become mps because they're too busy doing a job you know because actually to, to get involved in local politics you have to give a lot of time and stuff and that kind of thing so most uh, people are working too hard to become mps i don't know how it was back in the 50s or 60s when it came to party politics but i think most people who get into poli- party politics end up getting you know sponsored by some massive you know millionaires who want to fund a party for their own you know personal interests and it's their own sort of you know mm. cash cow mm. to be able to yeah. further their view yeah. of the world yeah. and most parties are just full of these people who are you know yeah i think this country is probably probably quite good for local politics you know if you want to get involved in local politics you could probably just get involved and actually make a bit of a difference i, I hope it's more, so, more accessible I, I think it is you should uh, try, you should try it jack you got time in your hands. Uh, well, I'm not interested in uh, <laughs> politics, actually, no. uh, when it comes to being personally involved. No. Okay, so, so w- any good inventions in 1975? What happened? Um, what inventions? Videotapes were, were invented. Video cassettes. Yes, wow. cassettes. They lasted for ages. Uh, yeah, and then they didn't. <laughs> like 20 years. <laughs> 20 years. Yeah. Which is kind of... And lots of people bought all their, all their films on video, yeah. uh, including I bought quite a few as well. Mm. Um, and then, of course, DVDs came along, and everyone had to throw them away. And then eventually, and now streaming, digi- yeah, streaming yeah. came so along, and throws the DVDs away. Throws away the DVDs. Mm. Technology is just accelerating. Um, so yeah, um, but but now there's no physical form for, is there? There's I, no physical form for no, anything. There isn't, so it's okay because we don't have to throw anything away anymore. Uh, on the other hand, we don't have a physical copy, so it's all in the hands of the streaming service that. Yes you know, delivers this yes. to us. And that's they why could, I can take it away as well anytime. Yeah, they could take it away at any time. So in, mm. when it comes to um, consumer powers, we have actually less. Now. Yes, we do. So I actually yeah. want um, perhaps a reserve, um, revite, a, you get, you bring, bring, bring I want physical back. copies to come back. You want video to come back. No, uh, maybe, maybe TV. No, 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 maybe DVDs. Okay. Uh, whichever is the better format. Yes. Well, and I think it's DVDs. Probably. Um, but that's yeah. just me. Okay. Uh, and when it comes, um, I mean, you know, I was um, part of my childhood was using DVDs and then, yes. you know, inserting them into you know the video um, game consoles that I play. So, yeah, I, I personally just want DVDs to come back for that right. reason. Anyway, uh, so Sony invents. Um, <laughs> it's just nostalgia, Jack. Yes, it's nostalgia, but then also there's a good reason. Like we don't physically have a copy to be able to own. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so okay. 
video cassettes. 1975, Sony releases Betamax video cassette uh. in Japan. Uh, it goes pretty well, and it, they sell for like a thousand dollars back then. So really expensive. But um, then other companies try their own video home systems, and um, it's this really niche sort of interesting thing. Betamax is this different format from VHS, um, and then they st- then start the then the videotape format wars begins and you have these two different completely form different formats for no one no one died did they video systems wars? but nobody what died yeah no only um that's good only businesses sort yes. of died um well sony sony lost yeah sony lost but they didn't die actually mm. and uh they are now a successful company which they, <laughs> they produce playstations they're, yeah, they're, they're play- doing okay produce playstations they produce tvs and yeah yeah they which do, is I, I think it's interesting it yeah. shows that as a company you don't have to die and no yeah, uh, Betamax was really. If you've never seen things on Betamax, it was really good quality. And VHS was rubbish. Betamax was really good. So Betamax why? lost. But uh, why? I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, yeah, it was really, really nice quality on B- Betamax. Um, oh gosh, I should have done some more research for this. That's okay. That's okay. I, I, remember, the d- I remember the day my dad bought a, v- a, v- a video recorder home for a VHS video. Uh-huh. It was like th- this amazing, just incredible. It was like. Like the future had arrived suddenly, uh-huh. and then he said, and I said, and he said, and it's a remote control. And I said, what do you mean remote control? He said, you can you can control it from the sofa. I said, really? <laughs> and listen to this chap. And then he got it out, and it was it was connected by a wire. You had to plug it into. Oh. The, <laughs> there was a wire that ran across the floor. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. So everyone tripped over when you walked oh. across the floor. But right. you know, so it wasn't really remote control, not like we know now. But what's he meaning, like <clears throat> remote control, as in you get a remote and then you turn it on there's a remote that had a wire coming out of it that plugged into the oh i see i see <laughs> you know, i thought you meant it's like the headphones the we've got plugged in you know right now they're not yes. bluetooth it's yeah, plugged it's in bluetooth, yeah. you can't move very far that's quite funny mm. anyway thank you jack uh this is uh, some people from poland funk factory
that was Funk Factory from 1975. <coughs> I don't think they were all Polish. Maybe a couple were Polish. And the track is called Rien Ne Va Plus, okay. which is French, obviously, and I've probably murdered it, and I don't know what it means. Okay. Something like Polish that. band, French title. And funk music, yeah. It means okay. nothing, something. Anyway, I, haven't, I haven't researched it, obviously, because uh-huh. I don't care, really. Um, anything else? <laughs> what else happened in 1975? I just want to mention that uh, Footrot Flats debuted in... <coughs> Uh, 1975. That was a New Zealand thing? Yes, a New Zealand cartoon strip by Murray Ball, and it was based upon um, a farmer and his dog. Yeah. And uh, it e- Even I've seen that. became very popular here, and oh, even I, exported I mean, to um, international audiences, Yeah. and it's a um, distinctly sort of New Zealand portrayal of farming life. Yeah. It's yeah. quite a nice anima- it's quite a nice, quite a nice um, uh, drawings. Yes. Yeah. Really I, good drawings. I, I quite liked it, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Not sure I... Inf- <coughs> didn't probably get it all the time. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to put. You know, like anything, it's cultural, isn't it? You have to. Yeah, there was one. Live the life rather than. There was one. You're going to tell oh, us yeah, a funny joke. Stru- stru- tell us that a joke. I remember that was very distinctly Kiwi, and it's where a wall is like really downtrodden and looking really sullen as he's trudging through this rain, torrential rain. That is. Cu- and a wa- a what is looking downtrodden? A wall. The farmer. Oh yeah, really okay. downtrodden as um, a southeasterly wind comes through, and it's really cold. It's from Antarctica, and yes, yeah, and um, most international audiences might not get that, but in, in New Zealand you would as a farmer, and then the northeasterly comes in, and it's like really, well, I think northwesterly actually. Northwesterly, you have and warm then, wind. It, yeah, yeah, and then warm wind comes, yeah. and then he's looking like really upbeat and like really happy, yeah. but then he suddenly like gets really shocked and scared, and then he runs over and he yells to you know. Um, secure the hay because apparently this type of wind can right. really, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. blow everything up. And yeah. I just think it's kind of funny. Yes, yeah, it is. You know, if you've never been to New Zealand or you've never lived in a country where you get warm wind, it's very, very unusual for me. For coming from right, coming okay. from England, never had warm wind in my life. Yes, but it's you like get warm wind, wind here. Wind is cold. Yeah. But you can come out of your house in New Zealand and there's warm wind blowing in your face, mm. and it's just a bizarre thing. If you've never had it in your life until you're like. You know, 40 years old, it's quite strange. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Jack. Uh, this is Labelle. Give it a go. 
was LaBelle and Lady Marmalade or Marmalade even uh, this is Totally Wild on Fresh FM and we've run out of time mm-hmm. it's yes. uh, as we usually do as we do at this, this point in time Yeah. Uh, nine, this has been 1975 we're going to be back in 1975 next week for any rock styled people who want to listen in like we've got some Pink Floyd Lady Zeppelin that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know We'll, yeah. we'll leave the funk behind. Uh, anyway, have a good week, everyone. Uh, and good night. Good night. This is Parliament and a message from the mothership. A good evening. Uh, do not attempt to adjust your radio. There is nothing wrong. We have taken control as to bring you this special show. Uh, we will return it to you as soon as you are grooving. A uh, welcome to station WEFUNK, better known as We Funk. Or deeper still, the Mothership Connection. Home of the extraterrestrial brothers. Dealers of funky music. P-Funk. Uncut Funk. The Bomb. Coming to you directly from the Mothership. Top of the chocolate Milky Way. 500,000 kilowatts of P-Funk power. So kick back, dig, while we do it to you in your eardrums. Oh me, I'm known as Lollipop Man. Alias the long-haired sucker. My motto is... Make mine the people. I'm on my funk uncut. <laughs> yeah, make my funk the people. I want to get funked up. Now, this is what I want y'all to do. If you got faults, defects, or shortcomings, you know, like arthritis, rheumatism, or migraines, whatever part of your body it is, I want you to lay it on your radio. Let the vibes flow through. Funk not only moves, it can remove. Dig? The desired effect is what you get when you improve your interplanetary functionship. Sir Lollipop Man, chocolate-coated freaking habit form. Doing it to you in 3D. So groovy that I dig me. Once upon a time called now. Somebody say, is there funk after death? I say, it's seven up. <laughs> yeah. sunglasses on that's the law around here you got to wear your sunglasses so you can feel cool gangster lean <laughs> y'all should dig my sunroof top well all right hey i was digging on y'all funk for a while sound like it got a three on it though to me you know i was down south and i heard some funk with some main ingredients like doobie brothers blue magic david bowie It was cool. But can you imagine Doobie in your funk? Ho! W-E-F-U-N-K. We funk.
him. I want the bomb. I want the P-Funk, y'all. Don't Home of the extraterrestrial brothers. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.